Konnichiwa! And hey, y'all. I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie. And welcome to Sumo, sumo Kaboom! Where we talk about all things sumo because we, we love, love it! it. <laughs> this week, yes. the ranking system. What it is, what it means, why it's so important, and a bit of history about the top of the ranking system. Yokozuna. But first, we want to talk a little bit about what has been in the sumo news this week. It's been a cocktail of sumo wrestlers plus social media. It has. And the retirement of sumo wrestler Goedo. Do, 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 do you like my sound effect, honestly? I do. I really do. Okay. Then I will have no need of ever getting a real sound effect because if you're happy with it, I'm happy with it. No. Let's talk about the social media ban. Okay. There was a symposium recently with the wrestlers on social media. Basically, there's been a ban and it's been in place for quite a while now. I feel like it's more than a few months. And the whole reason that there is this social media ban is because of a little incident caused by one of my favorite wrestlers, Abi, and one of his juniors from his stable, Wakamoto Haru. Well done on that name. Thank you. Anyway, Abi posted on, I think, Instagram a video of him, and he had uh, tied up and gagged. Wakamoto Haru? Yeah. I can laugh about it, but I also am like, ooh, no, bad form, buddy. Yeah. Not so good. It's not so nice to gag your friends and then take a video of it and put it online. Right. And the thing was, Wakamoto Haru was in on it. I mean, he was part of it. He's clearly not a victim in it. But it's a problem because sumo's been around for 2,000 years or really long time, and it kind of operates under this very old ancient system, this hierarchy within the stable that's, you know, it's strictly enforced. The higher level wrestlers within a stable have a lot of power, and when they have a lot of power, there has been a history of abuse and uh, how would you say it? Um, there's there's just been hazing, hazing, and a lot of bullying over the years. The Japanese Sumo Association has not been happy <laughs> in the past when the news of hazing or bullying has gotten out. So they also are obviously not encouraging it, but they probably know exactly what happens behind closed doors. But this incident feeds into that narrative that there's all this bullying, there's all this abuse still going on. Even though it was done in a joking manner, it still does not look good. No, it doesn't look good no. at all. So after Abby posted that, there has been a ban. And they were supposed to have all of these, basically these workshops teaching the wrestlers how to do social media in, oh, that's nice. yeah, in a nicer way and not just like accidentally <laughs> post a bondage video. Yeah, yeah. And so they had a meeting this week, a symposium kind of wrapping up all they've learned and and in hopes that it would be lifted and that they would say, you've now learned how to post on social media. You're now allowed to do it again. Here's the here's the catch. They decided not to. They kept the social media ban in place indefinitely. So, yeah, all of us fans of these wrestlers have been just going online, waiting for them to be able to, like, post again. And none of them are. I think there might be a few that are still posting. They haven't been reprimanded yet. But uh, overall, most of the wrestlers are not posting. And it's just kind of this disconnect between us and the wrestlers. You know who John Gunning is? Yes. 
Yes. Well, for anyone who's listening, this guy is an Irish guy. He's found himself in Tokyo for the last 20 years. He started in amateur sumo, and now he's a commentator, and he's always in the middle of sumo. But he's kind of our English language you know, commentator, uh, translator of sorts. And we all he's, kind of... He's kind of the voice of sumo to my ear. Yeah. You know, since I'm mainly watching it on the NHK network, he is the voice of sumo in my head. Right. He writes a weekly column yeah. in the Japan Times, I think, and uh, about sumo and his opinion. And I value it, obviously, because he's in the mix. He's in it all the time. He thinks that social media brings more fans uh, and worldwide coverage with the social media. So even with the occasional flubs, it's still worth more to everyone to have active social media from the wrestlers. So I, I kind of agree with him. I, I find that um, although I do not know necessarily what that's like to be hazed and bullied, it kind of stays behind closed doors if you have a kibosh on, on the media. But Anyway, that's just my two cents, but uh, that just also means I will get no more pictures of Takayasu. Well, unless they're vetted. That's probably. true, but I don't I even mean, know if they're doing that. I, uh, so yeah. that's, that's... I, I would like to know more about if my if some of my favorite pictures of the wrestlers came from social media or not. Like that famous picture of Chiyomairu sleeping. Oh. You know, where he looks like a little baby asleep. <laughs> like, like a little I, bear. Did that come from social media or did that come from elsewhere? I wonder. It's Surely that must have come from social media, right? I would think. But see, we won't be able to see that stuff. It'll be like curated. I hate it. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Okay. This is another little tidbit I'd like to talk about. Sweet, sweet Goedo is retired. He has retired. It makes me so sad. But the poor guy has just been plagued with injuries over the last year. And he decided to just kind of go out on top. He was an Ozeki. He was going to lose his rank. So he said, I'm going to take the high road and I am going to get out of here. He's 33 years old now. He's been wrestling for about 15 years. He became an Ozeki in 2014. That's a pretty incredible run at Ozeki. Yeah, from 14 to 20. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. And, and to be plagued by injuries and uh, it's just got to be A, so stressful, but B, just impossible to stay healthy for that long. I think I remember in the last Basho that we watched, they talked about him being in danger of losing his Ozeki rank nine different times. No, this really? Was yeah, in the last Basho, this was the ninth time he was going to have to defend. And he fought it back every time. Every time, except for this last one. Yeah, there's something about that. You know, like there's the so whole... many times you can fight, and then there's a point where you're like, I have fought honorably. And enough is enough. I'd like some pretzels and yeah, some cookies now. Yeah, geez louise. He's just so fierce looking. But his new name, his new elder name, uh -huh. get this, drumroll please, Takakuma. I like it. Which to me sounds like something from The Lion King. It does. A little bit it does. <laughs> but I think that might just be the hardest part is learning how to call Goedo Takakuma. Takakuma. But I, I wish him well and I know it's going to be an exciting, exciting journey for him. Yeah. Goedo, if you're listening by any chance, we're going to miss you. <laughs> we're going to miss, miss you. you. I will be curious. Yeah, I will be curious to see what his hair looks like. Once I do they cut it off. Yeah, I, that's one thing. The big reveal. I wish they did more of a deal with a big reveal, like a makeover, like after you've been a Yokozuna. Like they, they, they bring Jonathan Van Ness up, and they're yeah. like, "Oh my God, this is what you're going to do with your hair." <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Okay, now let me get to the most exciting part. Oh. Last night, I'm not saying I did, but I might have. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I did too. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe we both did. Because I I have a feeling I know what you're going to (laughs) say. I watched the NHK Charity Sumo Welfare Fund event. Mm -hmm. I know you watched it too, Mm -hmm. but I'll still explain it to you. It was the most delightful uh, two plus. Okay. I'll just say it. Three hours. Uh, four of, star event. Yes. Of sumo wrestlers. There's like a loose sort of lower ranked wrestlers r- wrestling up top. They interviewed the last uh, Basho winner, um, Tokushoryu. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they have this spectacular... Oh, then they have this spectacular... I'm talking spectacular show in the most perfect Japanese way. This mm. is like what I missed about not being in Japan is the TV shows. They're just like so perfectly bonkers. They had they had paired the highest ranked sumo wrestlers with famous Japanese female singers. Mm-hmm. And they each sung a solo, uh, like kind of to karaoke tracks. And then some of them sang together. But they all sing in earnest. There's nobody who's like, I don't have a good voice. These voices from these sumo wrestlers, I was like, when do they have the time to learn how to do this? But I do remember being in Tokyo that everybody does karaoke. Everybody sings in earnest. There's nobody who's like, I'm terrible at this. They they really bring their whole selves to the table. So we saw Chiyomaru. We saw oh, Rudin and his little white dog. Yeah, he dedicated his songs to his little white dog. Oh my god, and the dog was wearing costumes, you guys. Yeah, it was the cutest little dog. And <laughs> he wasn't the only one with a dog. Oh. Uh, show. Uh, was he the one with the three little kids? Found out they aren't kids. Oh, they weren't his kids? Those were his siblings. Oh, wow. His okay. dad's still got it. Okay. I was so wrong about that. <laughs> I know. I thought that too, but then I don't know. I feel like I saw somewhere on a blog. I also might be making this up or just quoting it from a blog somewhere. <laughs> because it is sometimes it is truly a challenge to watch things in Japanese without the closed captioning because you can't always find the closed captioning, right. right? So you're you're watching these. I mean, you can tell they're singing karaoke and it's really wonderful. But then they they flash a picture of like the wrestler with three little babies and you go, oh, that oh. must be his. Mm-hmm. But see, you assume and yet you get make it an wrong. ass out of you and me. That's right. But the star turn of the evening, I will say, was Ikioi. Mm-hmm. He needs an album stat. Yeah, he does. I, he had a beautiful voice. And you know, Ikioi is this wrestler who, when he fights, he, he puts up his dukes, kind of like an old school, like old man's like, I'm going to put up my dukes, like right before the tachiai. So I always kind of thought of him as this like kind of weirdo with his dukes, you know, <laughs> up all the time. Well, he was wearing a white yukata. He was stylish. He wore glasses. Uh-huh. I don't think they were working glasses but they were glasses they seem to be costume wear doesn't matter the guy's voice blew me away yeah uh it was great he was great i just was like now he might be my new favorite because little <sighs> yeah. did we know there was so much talent underneath all that mawashi i know i know yeah it was a delight watching these boys sing it was kind of the highlight of our night last night and i think we're going to do some special uh podcast we're going to do an extra episode oh are we uh, yeah we got so excited after watching this charity event with the karaoke 
and the sumo wrestling that we actually we recorded another episode because we were just so excited to talk about sumo wrestling again. So we think we're going to edit that down and release it as well. Yes, I think you'll all want to hear our crazed excitement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that news flash. You're welcome. I think we should take a deep dive now. Into what? Into ranking. Ah. Some sumo fans are really, really into ranking, just like Lord of the Ring fans are really into Elvish. <laughs> if you love statistics, if you love numbers... Welcome to the wonderful world of ranking. ranking. You will love guessing when a wrestler will be promoted or demoted and just how far they'll move on the rankings list. But if you are brand new, you can approach it slowly, mm -hmm. kind of like you would approach a wild animal, perhaps, until you're ready, until you're ready to jump in and run with the wolves. So this primer on ranking is really for the newbies. Why is ranking important? Yeah, why is it so important? To a sumo wrestler, ranking means everything. Everything. From how much money you make, because if you're at the top of the ranking list, you probably make millions of dollars. And if you're at the low end of the ranking list, you can make less than $15,000 a mm. year. So ra ranking has to do with how much money you make. It has to do with how you live day by day, where you sleep, what you wear, if you can wear a coat in the wintertime. Really? Yes. If you do chores at your stable, like cooking for everyone or cleaning everything for the wrestlers around you. Ranking has to do with how you wear your hair. Ranking has to do with how many people are in your entourage. And ranking has to do with prestige, or think of it as fame. Yes. Because the top-ranked wrestlers enjoy lots and lots of this. If you're at the top of the ranking system, you are treated like royalty. And I think it's fair to say that every sumo wrestler dreams of reaching the very top division in the ranking yes. system known as the Makuchi. I've also seen this written and pronounced as Makanuchi. Yeah, Makanuchi. I'm not really sure why sometimes it's Makuchi and why it's Makanuchi. Maybe somebody out there can explain that yeah. to us. Um, the Makuchi division, those are basically the bouts that you are seeing on the NHK Network highlight bouts. They're the top of the top, the cream yeah. of the crop. The cream of the crop, the best of the best. And that Makuchi division is always capped at 42 wrestlers. Oh, 42. Yeah. I don't know why 42, but there's only ever 42. Before each tournament, a ranking list is made public. And this list is decided upon by the Sumo Judging Committee. And on this list is every wrestler competing and his rank is all determined by the wrestler's performance in previous tournaments and some sort of special sauce that I clearly do not understand as an American. <laughs> like, I think you have to be part of this judging committee. You have to be Japanese. Yeah, I sense that there's just this... Other, uh, they watch the wrestler and then there's this feeling of like, he doesn't look like he's ready or he looks ready. You, you <laughs> right, have so to what have, is that? yeah, you have to have the stats there. You got to have the wins yes. there. But then there's this, um, 
something. Is he looking like it? Mm, does he it... doesn't look like it yet. He yeah. doesn't. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. It's special sauce. Yeah. I just, yeah, let's just call it special sauce. Let's start at the highest level or the highest rank and work our way down the list. There is a distinction between East and West for these rankings. East is known as being a slightly better rank, but honestly, it also seems to tell wrestlers from which side of the ring to enter. So I don't think it's that big a deal. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I didn't even know that the East was... Slightly better? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the side Haku's on? And then yes. Kakaru's on the other side? Yes. So Leslie is talking about the two Yokozuna, and Yokozuna are at the very top of this ranking. They're of the same rank. Yes, both Yokozuna, both grand champions. And this is the this is the most respected portion of the rankings list. If you are a Yokozuna, you have hugely high expectations that you have to meet. You are expected to win or be in contention to win every single tournament you are in until you retire. And you're expected to retire from the sport if you cannot continue to perform at an elite level. You're like a sumo god. You are the god of sumo right now. Exactly. There's just two of you. Exactly. You (laughs) must have power. You must have skill. You must have dignity. And you must have grace. And right now, we have two Yokozuna, Hakuho and Kakuru. They're fabulous. They're both great. But (laughs) Hakuho has won more championships than Kakuru. Yeah. He's the greatest of all time, they say. They say he's the East. And Kakuru is the West. West. In order to be a Yokozuna... Minimum, you have to have won two major tournaments in a row, which is a difficult thing just in and of itself. But that's minimum. There's a lot of other special sauce that you need in order to be a Yokozuna. And Leslie is going to talk a heck of a lot more about that special sauce in a minute. But I want to go down. I don't know how I feel about being the expert of special (laughs) sauce, but I'll just say, okay. Oh, yes, and that. Okay, good. So the next rank down (laughs) from Yokozuna is Ozeki. And Ozeki, as a minimum, you have to have made 33 wins over three consecutive tournaments. Uh, There's always two Ozeki. There can't be just one ever. There must be two. Uh, but again, it's a greatly respected title. It's what Goedo achieved. Goedo mm-hmm. was all the way up to an Ozeki before he retired. And my lover, yes, Takayasu. Takayasu, is also <laughs> He's not my lover. But uh, in my mind, he is. I know he's engaged to a really nice folk singer. But, you know, a girl can dream. I fully believe in dreaming about sumo wrestlers. <laughs> All right, we'll just leave it at that. Yep, let's okay. move on. The next rank below Ozeki is Sekiwaki. You also must have two of these. And below that rank is Komosubi. Komosubi. You must also have two of these. And below that rank, Maigashira. Most wrestlers that you're going to see at the upper level have a title of Maigashira 1 to 15 or 16. The Maigashira 1 is the higher rank, Maigashira 15 or 16. Maigashira is the lower rank. So mostly you're going to see wrestlers with a Maigashira and a number as their rank. Why does this matter? And here's the big thing, okay? Ranking is fluid. It changes with every basho. Every Mm -hmm. Every single time a wrestler fights, 
His ranking is potentially on the line. It's it cutthroat. Is, yeah, it is what makes wrestlers fight through injury. It's what makes the difference between a winning or a losing tournament. It's what makes it more important. No one ever, ever wants to lose their rank. And everyone can lose their rank except for Yokozuna. Yokozuna, right. Everyone else can be demoted depending on how many wins and how many losses they have. That's why it is important. It's so high stakes. It's always high stakes. This just seems to be the way it was created. Yeah. And that's also why it's so exciting. That's why the last week of every grand tournament is so darn exciting because everybody's ranks are on the line. Right. And it's even more painful, though, too, when someone gets injured because it's almost like this unfair thing that comes in and just messes with their rank. Unless you're Yokozuna, everybody can go up and down. And honestly, to have 33 wins in a row, that's kind of impossible. Like, it's it blows it's my mind. Feat. Without being injured. Imagine yeah. just having that many tournaments where you're not injured back to back and then still winning that many. So rank is what determines everything, the way you live your life, how people react to you, how you're treated, how much money you make. So when you see each wrestler fight, win or lose, I always look for this, just this tiny amount of emotion. If you can see it within the wrestlers to know how much that win meant to them or how painful that loss was because it meant so much more than just a loss. Yep. It's not like football where they're like, this is my contract. This is how much I make all year long, whether or not I play well or play crappy. Yep. It is what determines the trajectory of your career lots yep. of times. Yep. Yep. So how to remember all these titles? <laughs> One, don't. If you are new to sumo, all you really need to know is that Yokozuna is the highest rank. And to be honest, if you're watching them on the NHK World News Network on the highlights, you're only seeing anybody the best in the this. Best. Yeah, you're seeing somebody in the list. Yeah, on this list here. Of ranks. Yeah. yeah. So you don't really need to know. So just go enjoy sumo. You'll catch on. Yeah, you'll catch on you'll eventually, catch on. right? Yeah. But if you really want to remember these titles, I don't know why you. I I use a handy mnemonic device that I made up just for you listeners, right? So you learn music by learning the staff with every good boy does fine. I like mnemonic devices, so I made up this one. You only say kind mantras. I don't get it. That's Yokozuna. Oh, oh. Ozeki, Sekiwaki, oh. Komasubi. And oh, Ma- oh, oh, mantra. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> Mike Shira. Oh, Mike Shira. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm just trying to figure out a mnemonic device. I'm like, I remember what a mnemonic device is. Yeah. Okay. It's the yeah. first letter yeah. of the. Yeah. Uh, and and you, that's how I got through school. Yeah. Yeah. Or, okay, if you only say <laughs> kind mantras doesn't work for you, then you only see kinky minions. How's that one? Yeah. I like that one. That That seems to be. The best one. That one will stick in your head? Yeah. You only say kind mantras. That one sticks for me. Yeah. I like you only see kinky minions. Let's move on. Let's move but on I, from I mnemonic like devices. That's good to know. Take that with you, everyone. Take that <laughs> From my morsel. brain to yours. Yeah. Let's talk about the history of the Yokozuna. It's fascinating to me. Let's just jump in. I'll first just start with telling you again, sumo is a super ancient sport dating back 2000 years. I like the image of like the baby Jesus in 
in the manger? Yeah, or Moses, like the Old and Testament, like, and then <laughs> sumo wrestlers sumo right wrestlers. outside going, Haki oi, haki oi. That's yeah. sumo, sumo folk singing. That's nice. Okay, well, depending Sorry. on how far back you go <laughs> and which legend you believe, you can you can see that the origins are kind of murky. But legend says and Wikipedia and sumophantom.com. Okay. And a few more internet sources, which may be reliable or not, but let's just go with it. That Yokozuna, the title, uh-huh. came about almost as a dare. Sounds strange, but follow me. Okay, so there's two legends. First legend is this famous wrestler from the ninth century named Hajikami. He tied a sacred rope, and now the sacred rope is normally used at Shinto shrines to rope off sacred areas. And he pulled it down, which is kind of rude, but he did. He put it around his waist. And these ropes are crazy heavy. They're not just kind of like a little rope. They are ropes tied to each other ropes. It's ropes upon ropes upon ropes tied into a big old mass of rope. Big, big, thick Yeah. And so he tied that to his waist as some sort of handicap to be like, oh, it's super heavy. I can't wrestle you. And dared anyone to try to touch the Shimanawa. That's what the sacred rope is actually called, a Shimanawa. Yeah. But the sumo wrestlers, uh, it evolved with them. And now it's called a Tsuna, T-S-U-N-A. In a tsuna. And that is the rope that only Yokozunas are allowed to wear. It's that white thing that you see them. And it's literally translated as wide rope. And the. Well, that's perfect because that's exactly what it looks like. Exactly. And the tsuna is representative of the much larger Shimanawa sacred rope. And the waist rope that these guys wear are somewhere between 25 and 45 pounds. Yeah. And it's made of horizontal ropes woven together by the wrestlers from the Yokozuna stable prior to his promotion. And it takes like a group of 10 or so dudes, uh, sumo wrestlers, they're junior wrestlers, to pull and twist the links of hemp fabric so tight it becomes a stiff white belt. I digress. But anyway, uh, that's... uh, what you would see a Yokozuna wearing in his doyoiri, which is the ring entering ceremony, which is almost like this series of dance uh, sequence. It's not like a dance sequence. It's not like they're like, hit the music. <laughs> but if you've ever seen a Yokozuna, he lifts his leg up, stomps yeah. it back down, does the other one, he puts his hands in the air. And Claps them together. And then he lunges down, and wiggles his feet together. Yes, which I love. Yes. So they do this ritualistic dance sort of thing uh, at the beginning of each day. And that's called a doyoiri, and that's the white belt that he wears. At the beginning of each day of tournament, I believe, yeah. Not every day at the stable, right? No, not every day at the stable, just the tournament. Yeah, that would get really old. Oh, 365 it? days a year, like, <laughs> here comes Taco, and his doyoiri again. <laughs> so that is legend number one. And by the way, I just like to say... No one in this legend ever talked about the Shinto shrine people who were like, like, hey, who took the rope that we were using to cordon off the sacred areas? And, oh, that guy, Hajikami, what a total jerk. He's wearing it around his waist. It's sacred, dude. Okay, so here is the second legend. And this kind of sounds like a ripoff from the first legend. Okay. Another guy took a sacred belt put it around his waist in the 1600s as a sign of respect to the emperor when he met them. And the emperor supposedly was, I'm making this part up, but he was like, hey, nice belt or nice accessorizing with a sacred rope. 
and made into fashion. So good on you. I'm going to call you a Yokozuna now. Oh. Yeah. And that guy's name was Akashi Shigenosuke. Man, now- you are earning so many points for your Japanese today. You are doing so well. Thank you. Meanwhile, someone in Japan is like, she just butchered that. (laughs) Anyway. Well, I'm impressed. Thank you. Both of these stories just kind of sound weird enough. And it happened so long ago. And people lied. And legends were exaggerated upon. But I don't know how true these are. But this Akashi Shigenosuke is considered by many to be the first Yokozuna. And they say that he was... The legend says he was eight foot six. I don't know. About that, that sounds really off. It also yeah, slightly off. It also could have just been the source that I was looking at online, and well, it was just like a typo. A bad source. <laughs> that's a bad source. I do not know many men who are eight feet something tall. There's, he would have to have giantism. I mean, he would. But I mean, or it's possible. Really tall platform yeah, shoes. Yeah, really tall platform shoes. But he supposedly weighed over four hundred pounds, and that sounds kind of normal. There are some sumo wrestlers who are four hundred pounds. That's okay. But he was so strong, and there was so much hubbub about this Akashi Shigenosuke guy that the local sumo wrestler match organizer started to charge people to watch him wrestle. Over the years, he has grown into this incredible legend. And the guy really did exist from 1600 to 1649. And he was supposedly awarded a special honor by the Shogun at the time and is considered the first guy. That was a Yokozuna. But... Yukioe was a, a printmaker, master artist, and he featured the fourth and the fifth Yokozuna in some of his prints. And you've seen his work. The, uh, oh, he has Mount a Mount Fuji, Fuji and, and then the waves. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. a lot of these Japanese prints that people don't know but they know are all his work, and it's from the 1700s. And so we know that those guys around 1789 were the fourth and the fifth. So prior to that, everyone had Ozeki rank and a certain sort of fancy family had to come along and give them a a sumo license or grant them this kind of uh, crown of sorts of being a Yokozuna. So it kind of was not an official thing until somewhere around the 1700s, probably. Okay. Throughout time, by the way, there's... 72 of them that have ever been officially Yokozuna titled. Yeah. And there have been moments when there are no Yokozuna. Absolutely. Yeah. And when I started watching 20 years ago, uh, when I was five. Yeah. (laughs) There was a legend happening in front of my very own eyes. I remember going to see a boss show and I saw Akibono and I saw Musashi Mario. Tell us more about Akibono. I'm guessing he was not married to Cher. No. No. Good. Good one. Good one, though. No, he was the very first foreign Yokozuna. Akibono, also known as Chadwick Haheo Rowan. I just love the fact that his first name is Chadwick. Yeah. And he's not that much older than us. You know, Which is nuts to me. Twenty six. Yeah. No, but he's about fifty. Or f- and and there's another guy who was a yokozuna at the same time, Musashi Maru, who I just mentioned. He's about forty eight, I think. And they were when I was over there. I mean, the very first foreign Yokozuna out of this history of like 2,000 years of wrestlers. That is huge. So he was the first foreign one, and he also just happened to be American, too? Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, he was Hawaiian. And, and he's and, still alive, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. He's still alive. He's he's doing great. And Musashi Maru, uh, he was the second, and he's from America, Samoa. 
So little did America know, we have sports legends going on all the time, but this was epic. And I came in at just that time. And I don't know if my interest in it was peaked just because they were American. I doubt it. I was kind of clueless to all of it, but I I didn't know I was watching kind of this really amazing moment in history. So that's really cool. And the two Yokozuna that are Yokozuna right now, I mean, Hakuho was born in Mongolia a Japanese citizen. So I yep. believe he had to let go of his Mongolian citizenship I believe in so. order to get that. Yeah. Um, Kakaru is also Mongolian, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. The sport, as far as Yokozuna is the sport in general, has kind of been dominated by this uprising of Mongolians because they have a very, very strong wrestling history as well. Yeah. And they come to Japan and they study up at a very early age and they're a force to be reckoned with. They're amazing. So, so that's... A little bit about Yokozuna. Oh, that was actually a that lot. Was a lot of it. About, yeah, there's a lot about Yokozuna. But that was great. I'm so glad you were willing to look into that a little bit. Before I leave this subject of Yokozuna, I do want to go back to what you were saying before real quick when you were talking about dignity and grace. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the special sauce. The special sauce. Yeah. To become a Yokozuna, you don't just have an incredible record. You have to have an incredible record. That's just part of it. But you have to have this thing called hinkaku. And that is dignity and grace. And it's not just dignity and grace. It's this other thing. When you do watch Hakaho and you do watch Kakaru, all the Ozekis actually have it too, in my opinion. It is this sort of reserved intensity. And there's a stoic nature to it. But don't you think all of the wrestlers have that? No. No, not Tochinoshin. <laughs> My least favorite. <laughs> I don't know what you have against Tochinoshin. I think I'm he's gonna great. Get all these terrible people being like, I can't believe you hate Tochinoshin. I don't hate Tochinoshin. But he's not my favorite. But he wears his emotions a little bit on the sleeve, I guess. Or maybe I just see it. I don't know. <laughs> Some people just don't like people. <laughs> but uh, it might be the Band-Aids on his butt. And I'm would be very cruel to judge him by the band-aids you on his butt. cannot judge a man by the band-aids, band-aids on, on his, his ass. butt. I know. So anyway, there is this panel of people, not only just the Sumo Association, but they appoint a group of lay people who yeah. I guess are sumo enthusiasts. They know everything about it, but they're lay people. And they are the ones, along with the Sumo Association, that decide when a wrestler, if a wrestler is ready to become a Yokozuna. But they must have Hinkaku. Hinkaku. It's legendary, it's fierce, it's dignified, and it's graceful. See, when Kakaru wins, you can't tell if he's happy or not. Yeah, really. but is that the Hinkaku or well, is just an even-tempered dude? It, right, exactly. So that's my question. Like, Hakuho can sometimes be a bit demonstrative. This is you know? true. He can, I mean, he can he, be spicy. He can be. He'll sometimes give a little, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like he's doing a little like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, inside. a little mm, Yeah. Right? And when he loses, he goes, uh, oh, I can't believe I just lost that. Uh, well, he doesn't say that. Maybe a little bit. But, but he, he bows respectfully he still. Does. But some guys, like, Win or lose, you can't tell. True. You cannot tell. But I they think Hakaho has been able to do that because he's been a Yokozuna. He's he's calling the shots. I now. mean, he could do anything he, he has wants. He has a Hakaho cup. I mean, he's a legend. Yes. They let him do whatever he wants to do. Is it truly that they're even keel? Is that what they're looking for? Or, or is it their behavior 
out of the ring. It might be that too. You know, it's is it how they walk through their community? Is it the fact that they're trying to build community? Right. Or and if teach that's younger fake, kids, or if it's real, or they're putting on a show about it or not? Is it authentic? Is it not? Are they looking for the sense of like this person is a warrior of old? Are they looking for something that seems ancient and authentic? Or does it mean that they meditate every morning? Like I don't know what it means. It and might you, just be this thing that has been around for 250 years that we just don't understand. And it might be cultural. It I might, had this you thought, know how, too. What, what is that? The word higa? Yeah. It's like a word that doesn't translate to us. Like in English, you're like, it's this warm, cozy feeling where you sit around in your underwear all day. We don't have the translation for that. It's it just like be. this feeling. And maybe that's kind of the same way with Hinkaku. Yeah. It's, I mean, maybe it takes someone who is Japanese to be able to explain that it's, really well to us yeah. in a way that we would understand. Because in America, we don't, it doesn't seem like we have something that's similar. I can't place it anyway if we do. We sure could use it. Yeah, well, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> I think we should finish up with a question. Yes. Question. We have one question from a listener, and this listener happens to be our dad. <laughs> so thanks for this question, Dad. Dad wants to know, <laughs> what are those braid things? What are those sticks that they wear? Yeah, the sticks. That's how he said it. What are those sticks? And we had to kind of unpack that and be like, what is Dad talking about? Is he talking about like the katana, the sword guy that comes on at the end? But no, he's talking about the Sagari. What the Sagari is, is basically a sumo wrestler comes out and he's wearing his mawashi. And then underneath like the front panel of it, there is this kind of uh, uh, cascade of braids. And they are stiff. They look kind of stick. They look like sticks. Yeah. Honestly. And they're not like secured into the Mawashi very well. They can be pulled out at any moment, fall to the floor. A wrestler can slip on them. The Gyoji, who's the referee, can grab them and toss it out of the ring. But what it is, is it represents what the old sumo wrestlers used to wear. That's why this sport continues to fascinate me. They have not left the tradition at all just has stayed the same. The old guys in the ye old days used to wear these really big apron type things. You see it, I believe, represented in the very beginning, the big doyo uh, ceremony with all the wrestlers. Yeah. They're kind of wearing these aprons and then their backsides are showing. Yep. <laughs> so it, that they were cumbersome, though. The wrestlers couldn't wrestle in them. So they kind of created this thing. It's sort of an apron and it represents that same thing. The guys can move. But it also uh, kind of marks out the spot that you're not allowed to grab. Yeah, I'm sorry sumo wrestlers out there. You cannot grab the crotch of your opponent. No genitals. So that is... is just a good rule of life overall. Isn't it? Yes. It is. (laughs) Anyway, that's what Sagari is. uh, The sticks. So I hope that wraps that question up. I'm sure we'll have more questions from dad. <laughs> yeah, or anybody else out there. So that's our style of sumo, sumo. this week at Sumo Kaboom. Kaboom. Please tune in again for more info on the sport that we love. Join us online and on social media at Sumo Kaboom. Connect up with us. Comment. Hey, tell your friends about us or feel free to reach out to us. Ask us anything you want about sumo. We will do our best to get to the bottom of or find an expert who can. Until later, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie of Sumo Kaboom. Thanks for listening. Sayonara. See y'all later.